0: Cougars house all right he said it you know we gotta talk about it and we finally know we're playing a football and i'm not sure i'm happy about it let's jump into it
1: you are locked on cougs your daily podcast on the houston cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Welcome to Lockdown on Cougs, the podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrews, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who came to stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below that way the latest on to your news feed each and every day. Appreciate you making Lockdown on Cougs your first listen, and in today's bonus episode case, maybe even second listen of the day each day. Uh, again, welcome back to your channel. This we found it so good to see you again, uh, doing a giveaway of two fifty, closing in on 1700 we're gonna do a giveaway at 1750 like subscribe comment to let us know you're in the contest if you don't know what to say tell us Mm -hmm. okay because the quote and it was at the radio show at little Woodrose. um if you've been to Wood Tours, what's your order? All right, so I want to talk some about a couple of things that happened uh, on Wednesday uh, that pertain to the Houston Cougars, very specifically. Uh, first, or both of which involve guests, though I guess I should say. So first, we're going to talk with Brian Smith, a recruiting expert, about the comments Dana Holgerson made. If you don't know, stay tuned. Trust me, you'll want to listen to that. And in the second segment, we'll talk with a guest from the other Big Twelve, another Big Twelve show, about the schedule itself. I've talked too much. Let's just jump on into it, and we are joined to talk about the quote from recruiting expert Brian Smith. Brian does Locked On no- seminoles or Knowles. and then also is a recruiting expert here with Locked On Podcast Network amongst some other of other things. Um, before we get into what is not the happiest of news, how are you doing, Brian? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better than you. I think right now. <laughs> so that I am confident with, yeah. So uh, we talked
0: in the summertime about this and we mentioned, you know, it would have been very common for a bunch of recruits to be on the fence waiting to see what Houston big 12 looked like. Um, we talked about how Dana is a big time Juco guy and how Dana is a big time, the transfer portal and how those things work out for a team who went in the big 12, but on, uh, his Tuesday night radio show. And a quote, this gone a little viral. Dana Hogerson. uh, publicly admitted that the 2024 class at least the high school kids are wrapped up he said if you are still trying to recruit 24s right now from a high school perspective you're late so can you say uh why isn't the high school you can say why isn't 24 high school class recruiting better it's a good question it's not great right now i've said this a lot when it comes to recruiting for the big 12 recruiting 24th needs to see a big 12 schedule needs to see fans in the stands exciting atmospheres like witnessed two weeks ago they see dirt being moved on a new building okay well they didn't see any of that as juniors okay they just didn't they didn't see any of that as juniors. So you know. Coach those are just pictures or coach over here, da-da-da. Um, and intangible. He went on later to admit that the 2024 class is wrapped up, they're focused on the 2025s. Um and they've got eight kids currently. Uh they currently are 16th out of 16 in the new Big 12. Um, and for that what what it's worth, I think that's mostly about how many kids it is because they've got, I mean. Mo Williams is like one of the highest ranked kids to come through. He's a shadow Creek linebacker safety. Rayquan Bell is an all area player in the greater Houston area. Um, L. McClain, uh, Zion Taylor, Caleb Thomas from North shore. Like they got guys. They just only have eight of them. I named almost all of them just now. Um, Brian, you saw, I sent it to you and said, let's talk about this. You saw that you chuckled apparently. And then thought what
2: are you kidding me? <laughs> Let me, let me put it to you this way. There's three things with recruiting that never change. You recruit every day, you recruit every day, you recruit every day. That's it. It is perpetual motion. If he is in any way or anyone on his staff is not trying to consistently flip better players like the kid they got from LSU, that's on them. Secondly, if they hadn't set themselves up to be in position to do that later in the cycle, That is on them, period. This is self-inflicted. They're in Houston. It is not that hard. Brother, what are we doing? What are we doing?
0: What are we doing at all? I I mean, again, you've been tapped in this world for a long time, uh, the recruiting world, that is. Um, Have you ever heard a coach in, I guess it was um, on Halloween?
2: No. No. No.
0: (laughs) It's so... I mean, we were two months from early signing day, four months from the, the late signing day. It feels so early to throw in the towel in 24s.
2: What, what's going on there? The comment that you just made is an old phrase, throw in the towel. Um, when you're doing your lawn and you're throwing on sod and it's a hot day, you may throw in the towel and do it the next day. That's okay. There's no scoreboard there. Okay. <laughs> you don't throw in the towel on recruiting every day, every day, every day. And, I've never heard of anybody making that kind of proclamation in a public forum on a radio show where your fans are supposed to get pumped up about your program. It, it is like taking a shotgun to your head and pulling the trigger and expecting a good outcome. I mean, it's just terrible. It's self-inflicted. You're, I mean... I'm sure that his point about there's not many left is what he's going to point to, but I'm going to go back further. You put yourself in that position. You are the University of Houston. A few years ago, the city of Houston was number two in the nation for most NFL players. There's guys around.
0: (laughs) Yes, there are. Go get
2: them. Within (laughs) a three-hour radius of where he sleeps at night, a dead cat could recruit. I'm sorry. It's,
0: ast- it's astonishing. He's been, and again, as a guy that's done this a long time, you saw him at West Virginia, and then when he was an assistant uh. elsewhere. Um, <laughs> but you've seen he's a big Juco guy. He likes established players or, or older players or whatever. Um, i I was going to ask you, Brian, and I think I know the answer to this based on your reaction. Even if that's what you prefer or if that's what you want to do or whatever, what's the purpose in saying it's more or less done, the twenty-four? Like what, what's the, who right are course. you appealing to? Who are you, even if you don't actually want many more high school kids than the 8 you've got, again, I think the eight they've got are pretty good. Sure. It just, you know, I'm it's just only eight of them.
2: Right, right, right. Um, what, what would you be, why are you doing that? To appease your own ego for being lazy and recruiting would be my guess. I mean, he can call me up if he wants it. I'll tell him the same thing. I don't care. There is never a time when Houston should sign eight, 10 kids in a high out of the high school ranks. I mean, if you have, look at it this way. The guy I learned from knows a little bit about recruiting. You've heard of him. His name is Urban Meyer. Okay. That's the guy that I, a long time yeah. ago, he, he knew a little bit about it. That guy would get in trouble with his wife when he was on vacation. He would text me or call somebody because it never stopped. It worked out okay. That's just (laughs) the way it's got to be. Yeah. If you are making excuses and you're the head coach about a class, even a 1%, what do you think your assistants are doing? What kind of set of examples does that make for the boosters that are like, should I donate to Houston? They don't even want to recruit or should maybe I just buy a second home. There's so many negatives here. I couldn't add them all up.
0: Well, and they've even he mentions the 2025 class where they're shifting their focus to they've got a couple oh, guys in there worth mentioning uh, namely, namely Jameson Kitna John Kitna's son has committed. Um and so I don't want to say like you know, like there's nothing good going on there necessarily, but I do think it's in, it's like I don't understand the positive in taking this route. I don't I don't get it and I emotionally it was like what the what is going on, right? And then I like but even if I try to calm down, I'm like I don't understand what's going on here. I look um, across the board. Some of the things he mentioned are like, you know, you hadn't seen the big 12 schedule yet. You hadn't seen the big 12 crowds yet. Those kinds of alludes to, they needed to see a big 12 program. You at one point, you're now more close with a couple other programs, but you at one point, pretty close to central Florida uh, in that program going into their second in the big 12, they've got a pretty well stacked recruiting class, right? Cincinnati is doing pretty well in their 2024 recruiting class. Um, Outside, I mean, is is the difference just the guy calling shots? I mean, what else could the difference be?
2: You already hit it. When I was at UCF, I got to know Gus a little bit. And he actually looks at recruiting a little bit differently than most people. He he looks at the balance. He wants to take transfers because a lot of kids leave Florida, then they come back. Well, UCF's in Orlando. It's not hard. Yeah. Okay, look, they're always going to be a home run with the portal. And that's cool. But they split it about 50-50. It can't be twenty-five, 75. You've got to develop some of your own kids. The one thing Holgerson knows is the passing game. Nobody's going to dispute that. It takes a long time to learn it. It's better to get high school kids and you slowly develop them. If you get plug-and-play kids in addition to it, that's great. But they need to be the final piece, not the primary. It's just completely backwards.
0: It's just... It's just backwards. Um, if you were a guessing person, okay. there are a handful of kids that have gotten offers from Houston. They're not four and five star kids, but there are a handful of kids out there that have offers from Houston um, that have not committed anywhere yet. Um, I think some of them are unranked and that kind of stuff. Do you imagine anyone else signs in the 2024 class?
2: Yes. The way it usually works, and that's, you know, assuming he wants to take them, this is a weird time. So it's a little, you know, it's not a Houston thing. That's across the board there are kids that you evaluate as a senior, like, okay, this is where we had him, but now we've got him here. You know, they they just get better. And then you make a move on them. That's up to Dana and his staff. And especially I'll I'll answer this of my own question. What, what is Houston struggling with without looking too much? I'm sure it's defense. When teams are struggling, it's almost always defense because they don't have enough player defense is about recruiting. And as Based on that quote, I, I'm thinking the recruiting's lacking a little bit in the city of Houston right now. So if it's a defensive guy they think can help, I'm sure they would look at it. Corner and D-end in particular, those are always needs for every pro- I mean, LSU and Texas are always looking at those guys. It's just, can you find the guy that wants to come now? I mean, that quote's going to be used against him before anybody asks on the recruit. Are you kidding me? Why would you want to go play for that guy? He's not even serious about recruiting and getting players to come with you. What are you going to say to that?
0: It's pretty. It's going to happen. It's a pretty shocking development. And I have to say that I, if you'd have told me that behind the scenes that was the vibe, again, he likes transfer kids, he sure. likes JUCO kids. I wouldn't have actually been that surprised if that was like the vibe behind the scenes. It was like, eh, we're looking for more ready-made products or whatever, right? But to come out and say it out loud, I, I continue to just say I, I don't see the value in. I don't get it. Um, I just think you're potentially shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, we just saw a quarterback. Uh, he's from Florida, but he wasn't going to Florida. He, he, someone commit someone decommitted the other day in the state of Florida. Um, Trevor Jackson. I don't, I don't remember where he was yeah. originally going to. Right. Um, these kids change their minds all the time. Right. I, I, I just I just don't get it. Um if anything on that front changes, I guess, Brian, as a recruiting expert, we may call you back on, but we'll talk 2025s, so I guess, next time we're coming on. Um, Brian, until then, if people are looking at the 2024 class or, or the Seminoles or wherever, where can people find you and your work?
2: At Scout underscore Florida. Uh, right now, we're gearing up for the signing day. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of changes, as you just mentioned with Trevor as a kid, I know. There's all kinds of shenanigans that'll go on with recruiting between November 1st and December 20th when they all sign on the dotted line it's just which dotted line is it so which
0: dotted line is it if you talk to kids like Trevor or kids as good as Trevor tell them to just not turn on that radio show that Houston's a great place to live oh, God.
2: <laughs> see you Brian <laughs> all right buddy
0: All right, now I want to keep on going, but first we got to tell you how you can win today. You can win big prizes today with a daily fancy sports app that is PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on college and you can start winning right away. Put your knowledge to the test with all kinds of different games and skills and things like that, having to do with what kinds of stats guys accumulate. You can get up to 25 times back your money this football season, and they have this very cool thing, uh, a promotion they're running right now where guys can get rebooted. You don't have to worry about guys getting hurt. It's an injury assurance, and Pricebook's the only one doing anything like that. If a guy gets hurt in the first half, you can get your money back or keep them rolling and roll them over the next week by them getting rebooted through prize picks go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college to get a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars prizepicks.com slash locked on college can use code locked on college l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-c-o-l-l-e-g-e for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars start winning today And we are joined by Cameron Stewart here to talk some about the new Big 12 calendar schedule matrix. Um, Cameron, the Big 12 came out with the list of opponents who you play at home and who you play away for the next few years. Uh, You and the Baylor Bears saw that schedule as one of only four true rivalries in the whole conference, apparently. What would you think when it came out?
1: I first thought is I just, I just don't love it. Um, I do love that we're keeping Bay or TCU like to not play TCU in a season would feel so wild. I mean, it would feel like not playing Texas or Texas tech in a season. Oh wait, that is going to happen. That is going to happen. I, I just think there could have been a better preservation of the things we hold sacred Parker. I think, um, like I just, it's going to be so weird. 2025 we see on the schedules the first time in 70 years we'll be playing tech. And it's just, I feel like we could have done more to, to keep that alive. And, and for some of the new schools coming in, Houston included, not as much as the other ones, but it almost feels like it has no resemblance of any geographic conference. You know, if it, you look at the UCFs and the Cincinnati's and sure, they're not going to have natural rivals in this, in this anyway, but, it, there's just no kind of uniformity, if if that makes sense. You know, how do you find a rivalry? Can you call someone your rival if you're not playing them every year, even if you're in the same conference? I just, I I don't understand it. So I know with the matrix portion of it, that means we, us, us you and I will be out on the field. Us, uh, we'll play <laughs> each other pretty much every year. One in every presidential election cycle. You One time you won't play them, right? Am I, am I getting that right? Yeah, so four, basically you'd play them.
0: For the Baylor folks that um that don't know Houston's schedule, because why would you? Houston has a home game and an away game with a Texas Big 12 team every year. They just change who those are. But they see each of them in three times in four years, and that's the way they put that math together. I'm like yourself. I appreciate I mean part of the join the Big Twelve was to get to play these, you know, old Southwest Conference rivalry games. I appreciate getting, you know, that at least one home game against Texas School and one away game against Texas school. Um I have to say. As a school that doesn't have a permanent rival, it feels like a little loss. I, I feel a little lost, I should say. Right. You can build a single Baylor for three years, and then in 2027, 20, we don't see each other. So you have to like wait, take a year off of that. Or, yeah. you know, we play, we don't play tech in the first year, we play them the three the next three years. Like, you know, we had a very competitive game against tech two years ago. This year didn't go our way. And, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see what happens on the road. I, it just it feels funky to me. Um the four you, when you saw there are only four rivalries protected, what I mean, you had one of them. did it, yeah? Did it shock you? I was shocked by it.
1: Um, I, I remember we actually did this on the show, Drake Toll and I on our radio show. We did it, and I just rattled off four in my head. I was like, These are the ones you got to keep, and then he goes, Yeah, that's the only four. And I was like, I don't know the math on this, but that just stinks and i know the kansas state iowa state people are not happy at all livid um livid. not happy at all that farmageddon's ending and i i do think baylor tcu is a little better that's just me and i'm biased <laughs> but but like that's a that's a fun like anything where you can throw some hate in a college football rivalry at this point and i know that sounds silly because that's where most of hate comes from but with conference realignment there's just not as much anymore and anytime you could keep that that organic hate in your conference like you gotta do that and important. I think it is important as much as you can because, again, I know it's tough geographically, but to get those new teams a game. And obviously, BYU and Utah have them, and Arizona, Arizona State has them. But I just feel like it's more important to have, even if it's even if it's forced, Cincinnati, West Virginia, okay, they're the closest, right? Or, or I don't know, UCF and Houston, I don't know. It, it's fun that we get to keep Baylor TCU. Um, but that said even a school like Houston being new to this conference to not have the organic in-state rivalries as a given on the schedule to me is, is dropping the ball
0: completely. And I understand that is a national conference and frankly, that's part of the appeal of the conference that goes coast to coast, all the time zones. Um, it felt unique though, in that being spread out across the whole country that you could still have because the way it was constructed these rivalries you could because you got both arizona schools you could still play each other because you got byu and utah and what was kind of two different moves right you could still have the holy war happening right Mm -hmm. you could kind of keep these different things going and i felt like that was a perk to this whole thing um and yeah you might have to force one between cincinnati and west virginia you know i guess bob huggins is no longer involved but you have the bob huggins something like that right yeah um (laughs) The Bob Huggins Bowl would be a funny trophy, actually.
1: That would I, be great, man. I just I don't. I wonder know. who we'd root for, honestly. We <laughs> could go back to the Cincinnati people.
0: The question week. might be, does yeah. he know who he's rooting for, Cameron? But I
1: don't. <laughs> yes,
0: I don't know. I don't know why the swing and the miss happened there. I, even if the Houston's rival had been UCF and some NASA themed space city thing, <laughs> I like.
1: Love that. By, by the way, who would who would be the ideal rival for Houston to keep in every year?
0: So I, I kind of made, I kind of wanted tech and expected central Florida, um, tech being the other large public institution, in the state mm-hmm. of Texas, uh, you're kind of at two ends of the state. You have big city versus country folks. Like, I think there's a lot of things there. Um, admittedly, I've got family involved with both schools. Like the part of, of the brothers felt very selfish, right? Sure. Um, and then I thought central Florida, they might lump in as, Hey, you're both new, right? Like I, they, you know, they figure that out, figure that out. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to not get either one seems odd. Um, I appreciate having a text a, a road game in Texas every year, but I just feel like this is a swing and a miss. Um, it just could have been better, I guess, is the deal. Yeah, yeah, better, and again, though.
1: I don't know the math of it all, and that will probably disprove my point, but it just does feel weird. It's but from our standpoint, you know, having tech and Houston. In the state, obviously, and in the conference, that to me is just a layup to have them on the schedule, too. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about it on um, the the crossover episode that we did that you might not have even listened to yet, but um, that this used to be Baylor and Houston was never the, best, the biggest or the best rivalry, but there was some hatred there was some vitriol there uh, i obviously don't know about it it's it's before my time it's before your time too <laughs> yeah, uh don't yeah. worry parker it's before your time too uh <laughs> but like coming into this week i was like really so people were commenting on the youtube and stuff and i'm like they, they have hate for houston like i i just i don't think anything of them because we just weren't in the same conference you know what i mean and yeah, so it, yeah. it wasn't that familiarity and you know the time we did get to face in basketball was pretty all right for us so like i just i didn't i didn't feel yeah. that but i guess uh, talking to people this week it it used to be a big thing and that's why the southwest conference was so great right i mean it was well it was, it was super regional access. it was great it was
0: super it, it was great football it was, it was regional it was all the things it's kind um, of do you
1: follow soccer at all parker
0: very little. Yeah, I like. I watched team. a couple of the big ones because they're on, they're in the morning.
1: Nothing else on the morning. Yeah, sure. Um, so in London, there's all these teams, big, small, whatever, right? And like the cities up north are more passionate cities because London is just this cesspool. It is just all banter all the time coming at your neck. Regionalization. That's what the Southwest Conference was. You're all <laughs> together in the state. Like that's what yeah. it should be, man. That's yeah. what it should be. Just everyone at each other's necks alums in the office saying no my school is better than you it's exactly what skip bayless describes in that smu documentary of just everyone <laughs> trying to one-up each other as boosters that's what we need here and instead we're getting you know in houston could have a year where they're just playing at tech in terms of the state of texas and then your other games are west virginia with no dana so you don't even have that angle you know iowa state even oklahoma state it's like i I just need a little bit more of the regional identity. Cause I think you you made a good point that it is a national conference, but it can have that regional flavor, at least for schools like ours.
0: I think so too. And I don't mean to blame the pokes because I actually the people I know associated Oklahoma State are people I, I kind of like. I, I will say though, it feels like it almost felt since they don't have one mess this
1: thing up. Yep. Did
0: they I was about to say they mess it up, right? They don't yep. have one because <laughs> Oklahoma's gone. And you you don't want to force an old, an old team to have a rival. I don't know what the deal there was because yeah. it feel, you know, feels like they were the weird fork and not meshing things together. That's
1: it. I think that's what it is. And without <sighs> going pods, which is what I thought. I thought for a while they were just going to do pods. I know your mark had pushed back on it, but I was like, I just don't see a world where they're not doing pods. It would have been perfect. Four-team pod, or five-team pod, excuse me, four teams in Texas and one in Oklahoma State if you have to or not. And just do the <laughs> <of Texas. laughs> was what i was originally thinking
0: i was leaning into the idea of you have five constants and five that alternate um nice. and your constants would be the ones that are closer to geographic so central florida gets east coast they have the cincinnati and west virginia thing or houston's in the state of texas but it's not the way it went i i will say i didn't see a whole lot of positivity for this across anything did no. you see anyone that was a fan of this
1: No, no. I mean, some people that were saying necessary evil, you know, kind of thing, but nobody that was excited about, Oh, we're getting a diverse conference and that we're playing it. Like, no, (laughs) we we want, we want that uniformity. You also got to remember, I mean, us old big 12 people, um, we've been playing just everyone in the conference for 10 years. It's nine other teams and you play the nine games. And that was I think a really great thing for the conference, especially when they brought back the championship game um, to just, Hey, you play everybody top two teams get in. And that was cut and dry. No other conference really had that. Um, It just was so simple. And now I know they wanted to avoid both divisions and pods for the reason why we didn't like conference championship games before. Um, But I, I think you're just limiting yourself in terms of competition, but mostly in terms of, of pride and, and people following your product,
0: it's just it's a interesting. A, it's it's a basketball conference, yeah. and frankly, the basketball schedules make more sense. Um, and frankly, as a Houston person, we're good with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say the word for us is we're ready for that. We're ready for the basketball and the see, whatever basketball needs, we we we'll give it to them at this point.
0: That's Cameron Stewart. You can follow him at Real Cam Stewart, Stewart spelled S T U A R T. I'm Parker Ainsworth yeah. at Painsworth 512. Uh, all kinds of fun things happening in the Big 12. Some things are just fun to argue about or to be sad about together, uh, maybe. Um, but thanks again for chatting today, Cam. Um, Obviously, we'll get together when that basketball rivalry does happen or, you know, invigorate itself and remind ourselves, not hopefully of that Final Four game. We'll talk more (laughs) about U.J. Cryer, I hope.
1: Yeah, probably. (laughs) Probably a little bit, yeah. (laughs) Take care, man. Thank you, Parker.
0: And thank you so much to both Brian Smith and Cam Stewart for coming on and talking about the quote and the calendar as they pertain to the University of Houston. Obviously, go check out them and their content and give them a follow on all things social media. They're doing a great job at covering the Knowles recruiting and Baylor and so on. I guess does a bunch of stuff with the ESPN as well. So make sure you go check them out. Thank you so much for making us your first or second listen or both today. If you look for a third or more listens, I'd recommend going on the Locked on Big 12. And doing all things Big 12 over there. I'm sure Drake is doing a great breakdown of the schedule. I don't imagine he's a fan of it either. But we'll hear more about it later again. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Cougars, the primary Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs.